You're listening to Reach for the Pylon. Welcome back to another episode of Reach for the Pylon. I'm your host, Nick Pinnikoff. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Nick Pinnikoff. This week, we're going to be breaking down the AFC East. Brady's last pass as a New England Patriot was a pick six in the playoffs. Can Cam Newton get back to form? Will Tua start week one? There are a lot of questions to be answered for this division, and I'm going to do my best to answer them for you. So let's dive right in. I'm going to start off with the Bills. Josh Allen, last season he was the QB6. Uh, He may not be the most accurate passer, but he does have a cannon and now has one of the most lethal wide receivers in the league in Stephon Diggs on deep balls. I think Allen has a safe floor as he has ran for at least 500 yards uh, his first two seasons in the league as well as eight touchdowns on the ground in 2018 and nine in 2019. I think he's going to be a safe bet for a low-end QB1. Moving on to the running backs, last season uh, Devin Singletary averaged almost two yards per carry more than Frank Gore. Frank still had more rushing attempts than him for whatever reason. I think uh, Singletary could be a low-end RB2 if he's used correctly. He's a threat in the passing game, so his PPR upside is pretty intriguing. Uh, But it all depends on how much the Bills intend on using Zach Moss. If Moss does slide into that Frank Gore role, I think he can offer RB3 or flex upside. If you're rostering any of these backs in the offense, I would want Devin over Moss simply because of his pass-catching ability. Moving on to the wide receivers. Uh, Last season, Stephon Diggs finished as the wide receiver 24 in 15 games. I think Diggs could be a high-end wide receiver too this season. With a limited offseason, learning a new scheme, and building chemistry with a new QB, it could put a damper on the start of the season. Uh, So if he gets off to a slow start, I would go ahead and try to trade for him. Moving on to John Brown. Last season, John Brown finished as the wide receiver 20 in 15 games, uh, so a little better than Diggs did last year. Uh, I like Brown a lot, and it appears Allen does as well as he led the team in targets last season. I think Brown can be a low-end wide receiver to our flex play. He's being drafted right now as the wide receiver 52. He's definitely someone that I would be targeting in later rounds of the draft. Moving on to the tight end, uh, Dawson Knox. Knox is an intriguing player. Last season, he finished third on the team in targets. I don't know that he's someone that you can trust as a weekly starter, but he is a guy that's still very young. Uh, I think he offers tight end three or flex upside if you are in a pinch. Moving on to the New England Patriots. Cam Newton uh, was a free agent for far too long. The talent is there. I think people were worried about the shoulder. With COVID, it's obviously hard for them to get him in for uh, physical, but thankfully he has been signed now. Uh, People have been talking about how bad the supporting cast is in New England. This group of skill players is much better than what Cam had the season that he went on to win the MVP and uh, took the Panthers to a 15-1 record in the Super Bowl appearance. I think he's going to be back with a vengeance, and it would not surprise me if he finishes as a QB1 this season. Moving on to the running backs, Sonny Michel. uh, It was reported that Michel had offseason surgery, and it sounds like his uh, start to the season is going to potentially be in doubt. He could miss a couple of games. Um, If he's good to go for the season, I think he could easily be an RB2. Uh, He just isn't the same explosive player he was in college. You can tell that these knee injuries have just been awful on him. I think the touches are going to be there, but uh, if his body holds up is another question. Um, so it comes to a point where is the risk worth the reward? Uh, with the touches he should get, I think it could be. Moving on to James White. White was the RB18 last season and the RB7 in 2018. 
Uh, he's a great back to have in PPR leagues. I think he'll be even better at the start of the season if Michelle misses time. Uh, I don't think he's going to get the workload on the ground, but he should just get peppered with targets. Um, if Sonny does end up missing the first chunk of the season, I'd also target Rex Burkhead and Damian Williams if you are in a desperate situation. Uh, there's a good chance that those two will probably spit the load when it comes to carries. Last season, White was uh, second on the team in targets, and there's a good chance he probably finishes second or third this year. I would guess that he gets at least 70-plus targets this season. I think he has high-end uh, high RB2 upside. Moving on to the wide receivers. Last season, Julian Edelman was first on the team in targets with 153. He'd finish as the wide receiver 7 last season. I do think that Edelman isn't going to do as good this year. Uh, Sanu was, uh, had an injury last year, and Nikhil Harry had an injury last year, so this offense was super banged up, so Julian was just getting peppered with targets. Uh, I think he offers high-end wide receiver 2 upside. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if he was the low-end wide receiver 1 by the end of the year. Uh, speaking of Nikhil Harry, uh, he was injured most of last season. After he came back from injury, he wasn't very effective. I think he's a talented wide receiver, but I don't think he offers more than wide receiver 4 or flex upside with both Edelman and Sanu healthy. Uh, I don't think Harry's someone that you can start it week in and week out, but he's more of a hold right now than anything else. Last season, after Mohamed Sanu got traded to the Patriots, he averaged a measly 6.7 fantasy points per game. Granted, he was banged up, had to learn a new system in the middle of the season. Uh, I think Sanu can be a low-end wide receiver through your flex play. Matt Lacoste and Devin Asiasi are the two tight ends you need to know on this team, but I wouldn't roster either of them. Moving on to the Jets, uh, Sam Darnold last season finished as the QB 27 in 12 games. If you were to take his fantasy points per game average, he would have finished as the QB 20 over a 16-game pace. <coughs> the Jets... Uh, did bolster their offensive line this offseason, added some new weapons for Darnold. I think he can be a QB2. Uh, obviously, Gase being there limits his upside. We've seen uh, Ryan Tannehill go to a different team, go off. Kenyon Drake go to a different team, go off. Gase leaves the Dolphins. Devontae Parker all of a sudden goes off. So I think that Gase is going to limit these players' upside, sadly. Last season, uh, Le'Veon Bell was the RB16 with one of the worst offensive lines in the league. He averaged a league-worst 1.2 yards before a contract. Uh, that should be improved this season with the new additions to the offensive line. I think Bell's going to have a better season this year. I think he's a safe bet to be a low-end RB1. Last season, Jamison Crowder was the wide receiver 26, currently being drafted as the wide receiver 43. Uh, this past season, Crowder did lead the team in targets with 122. Uh, I think he still uh, it's a good bet to lead the team in targets this year. I think he offers uh, wide receiver two upside. Moving on to Brashad Perryman. Uh, last season, Perryman caught fire over the last six weeks. During that span, he was the wide receiver seven. I don't think Perryman's going to be a top ten wide receiver over a full season, but I do think he can be a low end wide receiver two or flex play. Moving on to the rookie Denzel Mims. Mims is one of the more intriguing rookie prospects of this draft class. With the weird offseason, I don't know that he's going to give you that much value this year. He's arguably the third wide receiver on the depth chart behind uh, Perryman and Crowder, maybe even the fourth wide receiver behind Chris Herndon, uh, so he's going to be struggling for targets. Speaking of Herndon, uh, this past season he only played in two games, but in 2018 he was the tight end 16 in just 14 games. I think if he can put together a healthy season, he could be a low-end tight end one. 
Moving on to the Miami Dolphins. A recent report stated that Tua is going to be good to go for the start of the season. Uh, I don't think we're going to know who the starter is until we're very close to the official start of the regular season. Regardless of who the starting uh, QB is going to be, I think they offer a QB2 upside. The Dolphins' defense is much improved compared to last year, but I think they're still going to be below average. This offense is going to be throwing the ball a lot. Moving on to the running backs. Jordan Howard is probably one of the more underrated running backs in the league. He's become a journeyman so far in his career because teams don't value running backs that aren't good pass catchers. Uh, regardless of that, Howard is good at running the football. He has the third most rushing yards since 2016, only behind Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott. I think he offers RB2 upside. Matt Breida, uh, he's shown he has a ton of upside as a running back, but with the Dolphins paying Howard this offseason, I don't think Breed is going to be more than just a change of pace back. Uh, it's going to take an injury for him to become fantasy relevant, maybe an RB4 flex play if you really need it. Moving on to the wide receivers. Last season, Devontae Parker was the wide receiver 11. Uh, it took, what, five years for him to finally break out, but he did finally do it. I think he offers high-end wide receiver 2 upside. Wouldn't be surprised if he snuck into that wide receiver 1 range again, but I think that that's his ceiling. I don't think he's going to be close to a top 10 wide receiver again. Last season, over the last nine games, only one wide receiver was better than him, and that was Michael Thomas. Uh, the breakout did take a long time, but it has finally come. Preston Williams. Uh, this offseason, people have raved about Williams. I think he's a trap. I, I do think he's talented, but I think the hype is out of control. Last season, he was a wide receiver 77. Granted, it wasn't just eight games. I think he's a fringe wide receiver for flex play. He's going to be very boomer bust. Um, right now, if you have him in your dynasty league, I would sell high. I don't think his value is going to ever be better than this again. Uh, he's probably going to start the season off a little slow, as most people do when they're recovering from an ACL injury. I, again, I think now is the time to sell, sell, sell before his value falls. So moving on to the tight end, Mike Jasicki. He was the tight end 12 last season. Uh, before Williams got hurt, he was the tight end 43. He went from averaging 4.3 fantasy points per game to averaging 8.5 fantasy points per game after Williams went down with the injury. A lot of people are also really high on Jasicki. Yes, he is uh, very gifted athletically. Um, I think he's a good tight end, but I think for him to be a tight end one, it's going to take another injury. Um, if you have him on your dynasty team, he's another sell for me right now. I don't think his value is going to be higher than it is right now. I think he will probably finish as a tight end two this season. We're going to do a quick segment called Queued Up. These are the guys I need you to have locked up in your queue and ready to smash that draft button on when you're on the clock. This is one player I want from each team. This is who you need to have queued up from the AFC East. From the Bills, he's currently being drafted as the wide receiver too, and I think John Brown could smash that value. That's who I like from the Bills. On the Patriots, it's Mohamed Sanu, currently being drafted as the wide receiver 77, and I think he can absolutely smash that value as well. On the Jets, Jameson Crowder is the wide receiver to own in New York, and his ADP is currently wide receiver 43. I think he's another steal at his ADP. Uh, he's being drafted around guys that are the wide receiver two on their team. Could easily double the targets of the other players that are being drafted around him. For the Dolphins, it's Tua. I think he was the best quarterback in this class. If uh, it wasn't for the hip injury, I think he would have been consensus QB1. Uh, I'm not worried about the hip. I don't think you should be either. Uh, even though he might not be the starter right away, it's only a matter of time before he is uh, one of the top quarterbacks in this league. That wraps up the AFC East. Next week, we're going to be doing the AFC North. Thanks for tuning in, and God bless.